0: and welcome to DaVita Leadership Insights, a weekly podcast for DaVita teammates who want to become a better leader, both personally and professionally. I'm Grace Berman, a senior director with DaVita University.
1: And I'm Doug Miller, a master coach and DaVita University faculty member. Today, we get to chat with Stacey Irving, our chief wisdom officer here at DeVita.
2: Welcome, Stacy. Hi, guys, how you doing?
1: Great. Thank you so much, Stacey, for being on the show today um, to share your stories of how you've built trust as a leader. Let's start with why do you think it's so important for leaders to build trust?
2: Yeah, um, that's a great question. Um, I think that the value is really that when there's trust, it really enables you to push the boundaries and open up what's truly possible on a team. And so when I think about personal and professional growth, it's a lot about safety and safety requires really genuine trust. And so what I've seen is really trusting environments are a place where the absolute best work gets done and you really start to see your team reach their greatest potential, which is pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, agree. That is very exciting and something that I think uh, we all want to strive for. So the big question is, how do you do it? How do you build trust with those you work with from your direct reports, your boss, your peers. How how do you do that, Stacey?
2: I think for me it's been really powerful to be authentic and, and that's something that I've really settled upon over time. I've found my I found my comfort with myself, my trust with myself, and it's really enabled me um, to bring my whole self to a team and to be truly transparent and authentic. And that's been incredibly helpful. Open and honest communication um, has also been something that's been really powerful in building trust. And sometimes it's delivering tough messages. Sometimes it's delivering encouragement. But the team knows that I'm there and committed to their success, and so we can really rely on each other.
1: and And how how can you tell when you've actually built that trust? What does it What does it look and feel like, Stacey?
2: I think feel is what really resonates when you ask that question. I think you watch people. And when there's a team that trusts each other, folks are more open and vulnerable. They're willing to ask for help. Sometimes there's a lot of banter and really warm teasing because it's just sort of that environment (laughs) where the care is so deep. Um, And then I think there's just this general sense of commitment. And I think about the team that I sit on, um, our, our VP team and you just always feel like no matter what's going to happen, someone's going to show up for you. And so it's really easy to say, like, I'm drowning or I'm, I'm nervous about this. And you just have that sense that someone's everything's going to be OK because somebody's going to get in there and help you mm-hmm. kind of back to those business results.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I, I'd love to hear now about some stories. So could you share a time of when you really struggled to build trust with someone and what did you learn from that experience?
2: Yeah. Um, I think I mentioned, I feel like I've gotten better at building trust over time and some of these things have been honed by many mistakes. Um, and Mm -hmm. I think back to, um, a team that, um, I had joined moving from a manager to a director. I was very junior, um, in a group of a lot of folks that were far more experienced than I was. And yet I really did have a role to play. I was very hesitant, um, to be transparent um, and to really be myself. I was very focused on being perfect and saying all the right things. And unfortunately, I think that read as maybe a lack of trustworthiness or I got feedback that I showed up as the word was guarded. Um, And it was from someone that I cared about very much who really wanted the best for me. And she gave me a really good piece of advice about building trust that I go back to all the time. And she said, look, just don't worry so much about what people want to hear from you. Tell them what you believe, what they need to hear, and, and the rest will follow. And that was a big pivot point for me in terms of um, confidence, but also just being that authentic, transparent person. And it really did sort of turn things around for me on that team. I'm glad she gave me that advice. It was hard to hear, but but good to, good to hear.
1: Yeah, sometimes those moments can be <laughs> painful, but move us forward in our development. Um, awesome to hear. How, how about a specific example of um, when you built trust as a new leader? How did uh, tell, us, tell us about an example of that.
2: Sure. Um, well, when I came into DeVita, it was about three and a half years ago. I was um, hired from, from the outside, and I happened to have a, a brand new team of five directors, um, new in role, um, along with, um, a pretty unstable situation. It was a turnaround. And I think they looking back were pretty nervous that I really didn't know anything about dialysis or the business. And how was I possibly going to get us where we needed to go? And it's fair. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was a little nervous myself, but, um, but I, I came in and I just said, Hey, I'm going to be really transparent with you. Here's what I bring to the table here's what I need from you. We're going to get here together. We're going to map a plan and then we're going to really hold each other accountable and and stick to these things. And so some of it was about just sort of being honest that we're in a a situation that's a little bit uncomfortable. We got to do it together. And then we just charted a course and really held each other accountable to, to do what we said we were going to do. And you could feel the momentum. Um, day by day, I think I could really feel them coming on board. And it ended up being a great success story. But it was it was rocky at the beginning. And, and that's just sort of how I navigated that
0: Stacey, at DVU, we we teach about a couple of different kinds of trust, and I'm hearing in your example how you built relationship trust, you know, creating that connection with others. Um, you talked about authenticity, transparency, and then what I also really love is that vulnerability and being vulnerable with someone. So the other kind of trust we talk about in DVU is character trust, and that's built by following through on our commitments Or as we say at Davida, D-W-Y-S-Y-W-D, which is
2: doing what... Don't make me say that. I I know, right? (laughs) Like, can you say
0: that five times fast? So doing what you say you will do is the other way is what it actually means. So can you share an example um, or share how you, as a leader, how you can keep track of all those commitments that you make? to other people and keep yourself accountable to follow through on those big and those small commitments that that um that you've made in order to build trust.
2: Yeah, I have a couple different strategies. Um one I take a lot of notes. Like I just keep a task list of commitments, I actually use my calendar. So if it's something that I sort of have an instinct that it's going to slip my mind, the big stuff is usually easy because there's a lot of momentum around them. But um, we get a lot of little asks, both from you know, all different kinds of places. And so I use my calendar, I write a lot down. And then sometimes I actually if it's really important to the other person, and it's small, and I'm in a one on one, I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna bang that email out right now, so that you have the peace of mind of knowing that it's finished. And it's an extra two minutes, but we hang up the phone and what they needed is already done. If it's small, because sometimes small stuff gets in the way of, of, you know, someone on your team moving forward. So I have a few different strategies. Relying completely on memory is usually not the right decision <laughs> for me. So I <laughs> there's too much too much happening. I hear that. I hear that. Great. Thanks.
0: Thanks for sharing that, Stacy.
1: Yeah, the power of a trusted system is just so important uh in tracking commitments and whatnot. Our uh I love I love our brains are horrible and they usually remind us. When we're standing in front of cat food about something we need to bring up in a meeting, and when we're yes. in the meeting, it will our brains will remind us that we need to go get cat food. So <laughs> I'm
2: glad I'm not usually, the only
1: one. Right? Like, come on, <laughs> remind me at the right time. Darn it! It's true. So um, that's cool, awesome. Well, we we've talked quite a bit about how you enable others to trust you and and trust in that relationship. Um, can you share a time when you struggled to trust someone else, and, and how did you navigate that?
2: Yeah, actually, um, it's a personal example. I am a mom of uh, three kids, and two of them are teenagers. One of them is a 14-going-on 15-year-old boy, and he's a great kid, um, but, and, and not someone that we've usually had to spend a lot of time managing from a school perspective, uh, last year, we started to get emails from his math teacher that work was not finished. Um, and I don't spend a ton of time online checking his grades, but they were not looking so good. And he was not really proactively sharing anything uh, about the homework not being completed or the grades not being great. And I had checked with him a few times of like, hey, is everything finished? Hey, is everything going okay? And his answer was, yeah, everything's fine. Um, and it wasn't. And so that was pretty rattling because I just haven't had that experience with him before of him. I mean, essentially he was being dishonest. Um, and, um, and that was, I think hard for us as parents to have this moment of like, oh my gosh, this is pretty big. And our kids lying to us about it. Um, what we did is really dig in and, um, and figure out truly what was at the heart of the matter. And Jack was struggling with his math teacher and and really understanding the content. And he didn't want to get in trouble. He definitely does a lot to avoid discomfort. And so he was using um, lack of honesty as a vehicle to sort of avoid us getting upset. And so we just had to sit down with him and dig in and say like, hey, this is a trust situation. And You need to be honest with us and we can help you. And so we did. We, you know, we surrounded him with a lot of resources, but um, it was definitely a hard moment as a parent to think like, oh my gosh, my kid is lying to me and I know he is right now because I had already checked the online um, reports.
0: Yeah, that's such a good example because it's about almost like you get burned once and that can impact our trust of someone, right? So if somebody is not... Um, we they don't follow through on a commitment or they might have been dishonest. How do you then repair that trust that you had before? So, um, Stacey, I'm curious, how how are you um, getting past that with with your son? Any strategies or tips of how you can bring yourself to trusting him again, even though he has you know been dishonest in the past?
2: Yeah, I think we're in the trust but verify mode. So, um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And yep. I think that's okay, right? I it was a bit of a wake-up call of like that's that's the appropriate place for us to be with him being 14, 15 years old and i think there is a period of time when trust is broken that you do need to trust but verify because it needs this is important um and eventually when i see the maturity and i really see a consistent pattern that we're back on track then i'll probably verify less and i notice that i have over time and it, that likely works um you know in the work that we do on a day-to-day basis as well yeah
0: yeah, I mean, nobody's perfect, right? Like, I'm sure there are things that I I've, I've, haven't I've followed through on and such, too, and I certainly would want others me to too. to um, give me a second chance. And I will fully admit that it is totally hard for me, I think, uh, to to trust in that example that you shared, Stacey, because my kids lie about brushing their teeth all the time. <laughs> and I have no idea why they would choose to lie about that because, gosh, that has like that's not fun to to get a filling or have an have an issue there but for some reason they'll still try to do that. Like they'll even put the toothbrush under the water to look like they have oh. brushed their teeth. Oh. I know. And I'll and I'll like check them, the trust but verify, right? And I'm like, "Okay, smile for me." And I'm seeing food in their teeth and I'm like, "Uh, <laughs> you're going you didn't brush your teeth." And they're like, "Oh, um I did, but Mommy, I really did." So Anyhow, this is why I have trust issues, Doug, because of my children have conditioned me to, like, trust but
2: verify. Well, they're little, so ex- fasten your seatbelt.
1: It explains so much, Grace. It explains it so much.
2: But I'm going to try to take
0: Stacy's advice, and I'm going to try to move myself forward on this. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well one of the things I love about your example Stacy is um I think one of the most powerful ways to build trust is to talk about it and to actually acknowledge trust has been broken here and here's the impact and consequence if that if that continues and you know I think that that your example is it's interesting because um, in my mind, I know I know there are times that people have broken my trust and it's been the reason for me to disengage in the relationship, whereas, um, you know, that's harder to do when you're a parent. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So so what causes me to stay engaged in and commit to rebuilding that trust is is what I'm left with a little bit in the inside of that story and then tr- pivoting and thinking about that in terms of work and And how have you coached others who have had a tough time building trust on your team or or with a specific person?
2: You know, I think that sometimes getting to know each other on a personal level and like digging a little bit deeper um can be really helpful in understanding people um and so a lot of times I just coach people to say like, "Hey, take a few minutes to talk about." something other than work to understand their background to bring a little humanity. Um, And then I think the other piece is figure out what's important to them and, and do something that doesn't really help you at all, but really helps them. And that can be like a big leapfrog in terms of really building that rapport.
0: Yeah, and that actually brings us to um, um, narrowing us down to one tip, Stacey. You've given us so many things to think about. We, and all of our episodes the same way, with asking our guests to just share one practical tip that you would give to our leaders, our listeners, to build trust
2: that they could try right away. Yeah, I mean, we talk a lot about one-on-ones. I'd say stay in listening mode as a servant leader, um, ask people what's important to them, what's getting in their way, how can you help, and then execute, do what they need you to do.
1: Great tip. Thank you so much for your time, Stacy. Really appreciate it.
2: Thank you. This was fun.
1: That was a cool discussion with Stacey. I loved her tip at the end to use one-on-one time to build relationships And stay in listening mode and then be responsive uh, and, and like be asking questions about what's important to the people you're talking to, your teammates, and then be super responsive to them.
0: Yeah, completely agree. Great tips. And speaking of tips, it's my turn to follow up on the tip from our last episode with Denise and Angus on how to give teammates a voice. And their tips were to have weekly one-on-one check-ins and open communication and feedback. So I applied the tip on open communication. Uh, And An interesting realization for me, Doug, as I have learned more Mm -hmm. about belonging as we talk about it here in our village, is that having a voice impacts people's sense of belonging. And I've always been outspoken myself. I know it's really hard to believe, Doug. But just just imagine it, <laughs> that, <laughs> that I've always been very outspoken, even since I was a kid. Um, and it took a long time for me to realize that not everyone can as easily get their voice in the room for a variety of reasons, right? No right or wrong. Yep. Um, yep. So I've been more intentional in creating that space by sharing my airtime in, in meetings or, or various group settings with others and just noticing and trying to notice when people have not spoken up or if they look like they're about to say something and then giving them the space to speak up. So it could be as simple as I would say, I'd like to hear what so-and-so thinks first um, instead of me just sharing my own thoughts. So it's kind of like standing in line and then stepping aside when you get to the front of the line so you can let someone else jump in and take that spot that that you created. and it it feels so great to be able to give someone else that voice.
1: yeah, and 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 if your experience is like mine, Grace, isn't it interesting how many times somebody else has the same idea you're thinking in your head? Isn't that yes, crazy yeah. how often that happens?
0: Well, you know what's crazy is a learning that I've had when I've stepped aside and let somebody else speak and for me to listen is that it actually increased it increased my trust in them because I can then allow them to share their awesome idea, right? And I would have never heard it if I had taken that space myself.
1: What a great blend of this episode with Stacy in that episode. Very cool. So, um, you know, thanks for sharing that, Grace. And for our listeners, we'd love to hear your stories and tips as well. Please check out our show notes. And click on that m- uh, listener mail link to find out more about submitting your stories and tips in writing or through a voice message. And if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, go click on that subscribe button so we uh, so you don't miss any of these episodes.
0: And if you enjoy these podcasts, please do rate us on iTunes or click on the survey link in our show notes so we know how we're doing. This was our last episode of 2020. So we will see you all next year for season 10 of DaVita Leadership Insights. And until then, have a safe, healthy, and happy holiday season. One for all.
1: And all for one.